We're looking this month at five habits of healthy churches. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at this, this truth. Churches that are healthy have the habit. And by the way, habit means a continued regular practice, something they do with regularity. Healthy churches have the practice of worshiping God sincerely. Now let me, in your notes there, if you're looking at it right now, you're gonna see this. The greatest act of worship is obedience to God. Let that sink in for a minute. The greatest act of worship is obedience to God. As a matter of fact, there's a couple of places in in the prophets, in the minor prophets specifically, where God condemns the Jewish nation because he says you do all the right stuff and you go through the motions, but your heart is far away from me. And God says this. He said, I detest. That's a pretty strong word, isn't it? How many of you don't want God to say about you, I detest what you're doing? How many of you don't want that? God says, I detest your sacrifices because you go through the motion, but you don't have a heart of obedience. Obedience is the greatest act of worship. The second thing we talked about is it encouraging each other continually. And one of the things we encourage each other to do is to grow in our faith, to be stronger. It's not just empty encouragement. It's not walking around like, like some of you are not going to get this, this illustration at all. Thank God for Nick at night and those kind of things back in the day that some younger guys still get this. But you're not going to walk around um, like the show Leave it to Beaver like Eddie who's like, you look lovely today, Mrs. Cleaver. And there was no sincerity. It's not an empty thing of telling everybody, oh, you're awesome, I'm awesome. But it's speaking with discernment, words that encourage people to grow and be stronger. And that's the foundation of our fellowship. So today we're looking at that healthy churches, they have a commitment to spiritual growth, and the commitment they have is a diligent effort to be more like Jesus. The word that we often use for that is discipleship. Colossians 3.12, I won't take time to read. I'm really trying to get done quicker today if I can. I've got so much material. Uh, Colossians 3.12 is kind of a formation. The end of that, that passage says, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do all, everybody say all, in the name of the Lord Jesus. See, if, if, if we looked at every action that we did and we said, can I actually say I'm doing this in the name of Jesus, it would help us to not do things we shouldn't be doing. Can I get a witness? Today we're talking about discipleship and growing like Jesus. First Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through, through 3, they say, so get rid of all evil behavior, be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and unkind speech. So Peter says, as you're growing in God, you got to throw out the trash. Paul says the same thing in Colossians chapter 3. Get rid of all of the things in your life that do not represent Jesus. Get those out. And Paul says, and put on Clothing of righteousness. Be more like Jesus in Colossians chapter 3, where we're reading from earlier. Paul goes on to say, get rid of those things, and like newborn babies, you must crave. Isn't that a great word? 
It means have this intense desire, pure spiritual milk, so that you will grow. Now, later on, we read that we're not supposed to just be satisfied with spiritual milk. We start there, but as we grow in Christ, we have desire for the meat of the word. But begin with pure spiritual milk, and it never goes out of season, by the way. The result of doing that is you will grow into full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. Now you've had a taste of the Lord's kindness. Here's what I know. This is a quote from probably 35, 40 years ago for me. I read it. You know, sometimes bumper stickers and posters have bad theology, but occasionally they do get it right. This is one I saw on a postcard years ago that I thought is so right. It said, God loves you so much, he will accept you just as you are. Aren't you glad for that? You don't have to clean up to come to him. You can come to him with all the things, all the baggage, all the mess up, all the mistakes. You can come just like you are, and he welcomes you with open arms. God loves you so much, he accepts you just like you are. But he loves you too much to let you stay that way. He will begin working in your life to bring transformation. I'm teaching a class the last couple of weeks. I'm done now, but the last two Saturdays are called Pentecostal Doctrines. And one of the things we talked about in there is the word sanctification, to be made holy. And we believe firmly that sanctification is both immediate and progressive. When you are saved, you're fully saved, completely saved, but you have room to grow. And as God lives in us and accomplishes will through us, he is transforming us, getting rid of all the junk that slows us down, all the stuff that trips us up, and he is molding us into the image of Jesus. God wants you to experience personal, spiritual growth and development. This isn't just something that... that is a blanketed thing that might happen, might not, but there's a very unique plan that God has for your life. You're that important to him. He wants you to grow. He wants you to develop personally, you, that your, your spiritual person would become stronger in faith. Here's a truth that I know. I've shared it many times. It's probably been a while since I've said it, but it's so important to get. Growing old is mandatory. Every day I wake up, I'm a day older. Last week, I don't think Nathan did it intentionally to, to punish me or to, to, you know, make me feel, see clock spinning by so fast. But he was in his office and he was playing a video of a church service here at Owasso First Assembly from 2004. That was like three years ago, Right? And I'm preaching in 2004. Everybody in the room, Melissa, you were in there too, by the way. Everybody in the room, all of the men, we all have on black suits, white ties. And I had on kind of like a, I had, it was a good tie. I'm just saying I had a good tie day going on that day and whatever. And my hair was black, all of it. In my mind, it still is. I'm sorry that you can't see that. In my mind, I still weigh 175 too. I'm sorry, you can't see that. 
But I looked and I realized that was almost 20 years ago. And my goodness, growing old is mandatory. You, there's not a button you push to slow it down. There's not a, well, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to just pretend that that doesn't happen. It happens to all of us and it happens quicker than you expect. Anybody over 50 just said, said wow. Growing old is mandatory, but growing up is optional. You know what I've discovered in life? If you were, whatever you are when you're young, you need to hear this. You guys need to hear this. Whatever you are when you're young, when you get older, you're just going to be more of that. So people who are, are nice and kind, when they're young, when they get old, they're going to be sweet. They're going to be kind. They're going to be good. People who, uh, now, now God can change anything halfway through. Praise God for divine intervention. But barring that, bad news for you, if you're young and you're a jerk, people are really not going to like you when you get older. You'll be the cranky old man, the cranky old woman that everybody stays away from. If, if, if whatever you are now, you're going to be more of later because growing up is optional. You have to make the choice. You have to make the decision. And the truth is, we probably don't always see growth in our lives until we go back and look at a video from 20 years ago. And hopefully we're better now than we were then. Hopefully we've improved in some areas. You may not see it, but you can stop and evaluate and ask some questions about growth and, and development. Are, are you headed the right direction, becoming the person that you want to be? God's goal for you, God's goal for me is that we develop Christ-like character. That's what I'm talking about when I say we want to grow to be like, more like Jesus with diligence. So four things about spiritual growth. Number one, spiritual growth Growth requires the right attitude. It requires a strong commitment. You will not grow unless you're all in. Because there are going to be things that come up from time to time. There are going to be problems that disappoint you. There are going to be habits that derail you. There are going to be things that unless you are committed, you're going to quit. Jesus talked about this concept a lot. He talked about the person who starts on a journey but all of a sudden they stop and they look back and they're unsure of what they want to do or not. And basically Jesus said that person is unfit for the kingdom of God. It's not quite as bad as God in the Old Testament saying I detest your practices. But I don't really want Jesus to say to me about me I'm unfit for the kingdom of God. Can I get a witness? We've got to have a strong commitment. We've got to keep going, moving forward. It requires consistent examination. One of the things that we do every month here, we vary from week to week, and there's a reason for that. If you want to know, I'll talk to you later about it, but we vary. It's not the same week every month because some people have to miss on a certain time, but every month we're going to have a time of communion where we actually take communion elements and we pause and we, I ask you in that moment, would you examine your own heart? That's what Paul told the people at Corinth, that part of the purpose of communion was to examine your heart. How many of you know that frequent inspection prevents major problems? The problem is some of us never have stopped and looked at our own life. Boy, we're good at judging everybody else, right? Well, here's what's wrong with that guy and this woman and that guy over there is a kook, and this guy over here is a nut. And I mean, well, we got them all. 
I didn't point. I pointed to the hallways just so nobody was wondering who I was pointing at there. If you thought I was pointing at you, it might be the Holy Spirit just trying to speak a word to you. I don't know. But uh, we, we examine everybody else around us. But when's the last time you stopped and examined your own life? How am I doing as a follower of Jesus? How am I doing in relationship to my spouse, my kids, my parents, my neighbors, my work ethic? How am I doing? Am I on the right path or am I on the wrong path? You see, too often, we, like I said, we look at everybody else. We never look at ourselves. Third thing, spiritual growth requires persistent development. You got to like get up every day and say, I am going to grow in God today. I'm going to spend time in prayer I'm going to spend time in the Word. If it's a Sunday or Wednesday, I'm going to church. If it's another day, I'm going to listen to Scripture on my way to work. I'm going to listen to songs of praise and, and sing that. By the way, I was, I'm, I'm going to talk about this in a minute, but let me just throw it out now while I'm thinking about it. Pastor Russell's getting ready to put a thing together where, where all of us will be able to listen to the songs that we sing. So, so this, this is just like a, self, a moment of self-awareness or whatever here. Um, See if I can find the service order. So we look at the service order. Here it is. And it used to be, Brother Lambert, you'll be able to identify with me this real clear. I knew all the songs that we sang pretty much word for word. We had hymn books, but I did not need one. I knew them all. I knew what page they were on. I knew what the third verse said. I knew them all like the back of my hand. We change songs so much now, I just thank God for screens where I can at least. But I will tell you something I've learned. Even today, I was thinking about this. Sometimes when I don't know, and I used to know the titles of songs. So the songs we sang this morning were My Testimony, The Everlasting, Same God, uh, and, and like I would not, Your Love Awakens Me. I might know that one because it's a little bit different. The Everlasting, just looking at that, I go, The Everlasting, which one is that? There's that one, You Are the Everlasting God. There's this Everlasting This, and I don't know which one it is. And so, like, we usually try to coordinate some song for the end of the service that Russell's going to play. And I go, I don't know the name of the song, but the words go something kind of like this because I don't know all that anymore. Russell is getting ready to put together, Pastor Russell is putting together for us uh, a tool, I think maybe on Spotify, but where you can listen to all the songs that we're singing on Sundays and you can get them in your heart. Because some of those songs we sang today, man, they, they boosted me up today. Can I get a witness? I mean, I know, I know what the everlasting was all about, and, and I love that song. I know this is my testimony. You've done miracles, and you do signs and wonders, but the greatest miracle of all is what you've done in my life. I know that song, but, I, but if you want to hear more of them on a regular basis, they're going to be a place where you can go and get that sort of thing. We have to have this persistent development growing in God. It requires intentional effort. I'm growing in this pursuit, in this manner. It requires dependence on God. By the way, that is the foundation for all of them. If you don't have that to start with, you're in big trouble. You're never going to grow spiritually because you try harder if you're not leaning into God. God will help you grow. Second thing, spiritual growth is strengthened by good practices, daily connection with God through his word and through prayer, being filled with the Holy Spirit daily. And uh, how do you know if you're filled with the Spirit of God? There's a real simple biblical test to know how much the Spirit of God resides in you, how full you are. Are you filled with love, joy, and peace? Do you have patience, kindness, and goodness? Are you faithful? Do you have self-control? Do you have the things of God that the Spirit produces in your life? For us to say that we're Spirit-filled and not have the fruit of the Spirit is an oxymoronical thought. 
being filled with the Spirit on a daily basis. You know, I, I, I think it's important that you, you have a moment somewhere toward the beginning part of your day, the earlier the better, where you pray the right kinds of prayer and you talk to God and you say, God, today I'm gonna need your wisdom. Today I need your spirit to just encapsulate my life and I wanna be filled with you. Today, God, I want your word to resonate in my heart that I would speak truth. Today, God, and just make this prayer. Here, God, here's what I need from you today. Faithful attendance and participation to church. We were at a presbyter's meeting on Thursday, and Herbert Cooper from, from People's Church was speaking, and he was talking about faithfulness. And man, it just got inside my heart the importance of faithfulness and that God finds us faithful. Too often, if we're not careful, we think that it's not important for us to be here, and we measure it in weird ways. Why is it important for us to be faithful in attendance and participation? Because that's what God's word declares we should be doing. Spiritual growth is strengthened by good practice, guarding against the deception of the devil. We're not going to be easily fooled or pushed away. And I'll talk about that more in just a moment. But we're growing in God daily. We're depending on God. And when our radar goes off, we pay attention. We don't walk down a path of evil. Third thing, spiritual growth is enhanced with proper tools. And so we're going to look at that here in just one second. If you've got your phone or your iPad with you, here, you, know, you thought you would never hear a pastor say this. Get it out right now. If you're playing a game, turn it off. If you're following sports score, nobody's playing right now. So don't worry about that, Okay. First of all, take responsibility for your personal growth. No one can make Bruce McCarty grow except Bruce McCarty. Now, you can all help me, and I need your help, but if I don't do it, it's not going to get done. And I can't blame Pastor Michael, but if he would have done something better, it's his fault that I'm not growing in God. Let me just give you a tip. When people are blaming everybody else for their problems, they're making a strong statement with those accusations. And it's basically this. I'm not taking responsibility for myself. I'm looking for someone else to blame. It's a little bit of a different thought, but it ties in. One of the philosophies I have here at the church, very strong with our staff and with our whole congregation is this. I'm not looking for someone to blame when there's a problem. I'm looking to correct the problem and move forward. Now, if, if somebody needs to be dealt with, we'll deal with that. But, but so often we're trying to figure out who, whose fault is it? Let's beat them up and throw them you know, to the curb. If I'm not growing spiritually, the number one person to be blamed for that is me. Not somebody else. It's me. And so I have to take, even though there are tools out there, I have to take responsibility. If you got your phone handy, turn it on. If you have the church website, I think I just lost internet connection. That'll be really bad. Here we go. I'm back on. If you have your, your, the, the church site, they're, we're going to put it up on the screen, I think, for us. Right, guys? Can we do that? Okay, there, 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 is that it? Okay, that's it. So, so go down to resources and click on resources right there. That's the dark deal. I'm doing it right now. We're doing it together. So there's, there's four things there. The first one's online resources. Just click on that real quick. 
Let me get my glasses on so I can see this right. It's not 2004 anymore. It's 2023. Now I have to wear these. I didn't wear them back then. Not bitter, just speaking truth. Um, Do you ever wish you could just think out loud like that? Let everybody hear you. Uh, So when you go down, it says, here's some Bible study spots. Online Bible, uh, Bible Bible.com. You can get a hard copy of the Fire Bible, uh, which we have some here in the cafe. If you don't like coffee, just go buy a Bible instead. They're back there if you want one. And they're pretty much what we pay for them. So there's not like, they're not, and we get a little bit of a discount. You can buy a hard copy of that. You can go and see more about it at firebible.org. Now, now as you're looking there, if you're looking with me, look on the screen there. To read background information about each book of the Bible, click here. If you want to go, what is Philemon all about? Then you click right there. You go to Philemon. You click there. It's going to give you background. If you want to go, what is the book of, of Psalms all about? You click there. It'll take you to Psalms. It'll tell you what Psalms is all about. Now, you go on down. In the Fire Bible, there are 77 articles that are in the Fire Bible. You can read all 77 of them on your phone, on your iPad, by clicking right there, having downloaded our, our program and there and go to it. Paul, I think you did this one day with your class even. Well, in a different spot, talking about the Fire Bible classes. I'll get there in a minute. Then Assembly of God Doctrine. What do we believe? There it is, ag.org. Click there, and it'll take you there. Blue Letter Bible for Greek and Hebrew Word Study. Click there, and it'll take you there. Logos Bible Software. That's a little more of an in-depth program. That'll cost you money, but if you want to have a great Bible study program on your on your your computer, on your phone, you can do that there. Really, computer's the main place you drive that with. Then you've got the prayer resource. Check out the monthly prayer guide. By the way, our prayer guide, very honestly, is one of the best I've ever seen anywhere for a local church. And if you don't think it's very good, we are looking for volunteers. (laughs) It's a great resource to help you in your prayer life. For all the men that are here, Neil Kenny has a couple of spots, five-star men. You can sign up every day. You'll get a daily devotional in your inbox, an email every day, 365 days a year, probably an extra one on leap year on that day. So you'll get every day a thing about being a five-star man, being a man who has passion, who, has, who, who cares for people. It's, it's their champion you, another thing even more, to go there and free account there. Parents and kids, our Old Town Parenting Resources, you can check it out. There's a Google Doc. We can go and read a bunch of stuff. Covenant Eyes, which helps you if you're struggling with internet uh, information of a negative nature. By the way, and if you're here today and you're doing this, this is not meant to condemn you or to, to beat you up or whatever, but a lot of men, even in church, struggle with pornography, and it's so accessible through the internet, through your phone, your computer, whatever. This is something that will help you to stay away from it. And it's just a safeguard built in. But you need to get some friends who will pray with you and encourage you and help you to walk in purity. Don't let the devil keep you in bondage. Um, Some other stuff that Right Now Media. Right Now Media has 20,000, 20,000. 20,000 Bible studies on there. They're not all my cup of tea. Not all 20,000 of them are. Probably 18,000 are. 
So what am I going to do? I'm going to look through, and if something really helps me grow, then I'm going to appreciate it. If it doesn't really connect with me, then I'm going to think it was probably for somebody else. And then I'm going to go on to something different. Use discernment, use wisdom, all the tools that are out there. And by the way, so there's downloadable books. I'm, I'm, I'm just, there's so much here. And if you go back to, to, go back one, okay, we're back to there. Click up the prayer guides there. Don't click on that yet. Click on on-demand classes. Click on that one if you guys would. On-demand classes. I'm going there right now. It's kind of slow for some reason. I don't know if I'll get there or not. Are you there? There, there. So there, these are Christian living classes that we teach here at the church that have been videotaped so you can watch them just like you were in the class. Some of you maybe this last quarter were thinking, man, there's four good classes I would like to attend, but I can only be in one place at a time. We have solved your problem. You can watch on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Sunday and get all four of them in. There are classes there. Pastor Michael's doing one right now just on technology, managing that even as a parent in your personal life. 12 ways your phone is changing you. I think Sarah McCoy, I believe, is doing Psalms right now. Uh, There's a class on Fire Bible. There's a class that has been taught in the past, Scriptures Every Christian Should Know. That's an awesome one. If you want to go, man, I just... I wish I knew like the go-to scriptures. You can go there and find it out. What am I talking about today? I'm talking about you having your growth in life using proper tools. Make yourself aware of what's there, and there's so many more. If you want to know about tools to help you grow, we've got a library that's down on the, the, the hallway of the um, activity center, the first hallway right there. There's a library with probably more than a 1,000 books in there. If you want to grow, there are opportunities, there are classes, there are events, there are times to grow. Use your discernment, figure out what works for you, and use those things to help you grow. Now, let me say this. Never let a tool replace your personal effort. They're to enhance it, not to replace it. We used to joke about this. So there's, there's bunches of sites on the Internet now with sermon notes, and there probably are, now, now I, I'm going to tell you, I frequent a lot of those. And I'm reading, a lot of times I'm reading four or five sermons that kind of connect with something I'm looking at. Just see how different people dealt with that text. And sometimes I'll get one thought or two thoughts or no thoughts or whatever. And I don't spend a lot of time doing that. But sometimes I just want to see how somebody else, how they looked at it, how they handled it. But we always joked, what if a person just printed one of those off without ever looking at it and got up to preach? And what if the person they printed off like told a lot of personal stories? It would go something like this if someone got up and tried to preach somebody else's sermon without reading it first, especially. They would get up and they would say something like, I remember when I was a boy and my father took me to South Africa. Wait, no, that wasn't me. That was a friend of mine. I mean, they'd have to change all the time. You can't take somebody else's stuff and make it you, but you can learn from everybody. Growing in God means that we use tools, but we put in personal effort and we grow in that. Look for opportunities for personal growth as something to appreciate and never take it for granted. Number four, the most important part here, why spiritual growth? Why is it important? Because spiritual growth results in spiritual success. I'm going to do a couple of passages of Scripture here, read to you real quick and make some notes. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work. 
and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue. We all come to such unity in our faith, the knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We'll not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we'll speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together. And as each part does its own work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So every leader, and by the way, just so you understand, Jesus did a whole teaching on this with his, with his, his disciples. He told them that, that leading leadership in the church is not like leadership in the world. Leadership in the world is like how many perks do I get and who do I get to boss around and who do I get to order and tell what to do. Leadership in the church is becoming a servant. So leaders in the church should, first of all, be servants, but they lead us in their service to God. Every leader, therefore, must fulfill their responsibility. What is the responsibility that leaders have? Look at it with me. What is it? To equip God's people. The job of church leaders is equipping people to do the work of the ministry. So what's the job of every member of the church doing the work of the ministry? I hereby commission you as ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You say, wait, 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 I'm a minister now? Yes, you are. You were before. You just didn't realize it. Every member has a place of work. Now, now here's the value of that. Uh, we, we've got, uh, I think, eight full-time pastors here at the church that do different things. And if, if all the work that is done gets done by those eight people, how limited will, be, how limited will we be in what we accomplish? Only to the level of eight people. What happens if we're all working to encourage you to be a, a witness at your place of work, to be a servant in the places where you connect, and all of a sudden now our whole church starts doing it? How many of you can see that's called the factor of multiplication? And it's much more effective. Every leader fulfills their responsibility. Every member completes their work. And the result of that is unity and faith and knowledge of God's son that happens. Then we all grow into spiritual maturity until we're like Jesus. This is straight from what the words say right here. That was verse 13. When this happens, instability will vanish. Wow, isn't that the prayer of every child of God? That the church would be strong and stable and not blown around by false doctrine, not tricked into thinking the wrong thing, but living completely devoted to God with strength and stability. Deception will be ineffective against us when we grow in God, when we work together, and the church will be healthy and growing and full of love. Here's what you need to know. Spiritual growth begins with spiritual birth. That's where it starts. That's the part of where God loves you so much, he accepts you just like you are. You don't have to improve. You don't have to get better. You come to him as you are, then he helps you with the whole journey of growing in him. Second Peter Chapter 3, reading about four verses here. And so, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort. There's the diligence. Give it your all to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. And remember our Lord's patience 
gives people time to be saved. This is what our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom God gave him. Speaking of these things in all of his letters, some of his comments are hard to understand. And those who are ignorant and unstable have twisted his letters to mean something quite different. Isn't it amazing that still goes on today? Just as they do with other parts of Scripture. And that this will result in their destruction. You already know these things, dear friends. So be on guard. Then you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people and lose your own secure footing. Rather, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All glory to him, both now and forever. Amen. 2 Corinthians 13, 11, and 12. Dear brothers and sisters, I close my letter with these last words, be joyful, grow to maturity, encourage each other, live in harmony of peace. Then the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet each other with a sacred kiss. By the way, I, I, wanted, I didn't have to put verse 12 in there, but I want to put it and talk about it for just a minute because that gets kicked around a whole lot by different people. Four times Paul says, uh, greet one another with a holy kiss. The key word in that phrase is Holy not kiss. Culturally, that was a common expression of greeting back in that day. I've explained this before in a different saying, and I want to use it again just to remind you. Things that Jesus told us to do, told his disciples to do, had a lot of meaning in that context, in that era. Do you remember, like, right toward the end of the life of Jesus, they're all gathered together, and Jesus says... Um, he tells everybody basically there, he says, give me a basin and a towel and everybody take off your, your sandals. You remember that? And Peter's like, no, uh-uh, you're not washing my feet. And Jesus basically goes, if I don't wash your feet, then you have nothing to do with me. And then Peter says, oh, not only my feet, but wash me completely, basically. Now, so we have today, and a couple of years ago, our superintendent did a foot washing thing across this, the whole state, symbolic of what that means. But it's not the same relevance today that it was back then. Back then, washing someone's feet had a very practical reason behind it. Because people did not wear socks. People wore sandals. Roads were not paved. They were dirty. And so anytime you went from point A to point B, it was more than, most houses had a bowl and had a pitcher at the front to wash your feet when you came in. Some of y'all do this. You know, you've, whatever organizational people are and stuff, you take your shoes off when you come in the house. And I've been lectured many times on why I should do that, but my spirit just is in rebellion against it. So you take your shoes off when you come in because why you've been out walking in all kinds of places and it keeps your house cleaner when you take your shoes off quick. It's probably a good idea. I just don't like it. So it's my personal issue I'm dealing with. When they came in, they would wash the feet of the people as they came in. A servant would normally do it. Jesus did it because it needed to be done. And he said, I'm not above that. I will do it. So it's more than some ceremonial thing. Is anybody, how many of you have ever been to like a foot washing in a church today? Let me just see hands real quick. A bunch of you have. That's one of the most awkward moments in life ever. You go, oh, Jesus. It's a humbling moment, that's for sure. But back then it had a practical 
side to it. So more than focusing on the kiss, understand what it's talking about here, this last phrase. Greet one another with a holy expression of love. See, back in the time of Christ, there were people who, when they, they became followers, or not the time of Christ, the early church, there were people, when they became followers of Christ, that their family basically said, you're out. So when they came to the church, get the picture, and it makes it, man, this is a special thought here. When they came to the church, having been rejected by their family, people of the church, typically in that culture, it was either a kiss on one cheek or both cheeks, and it had nothing to do with anything sexual or nothing to do with any romance. It had totally to do with this statement of, I love you. Now, now that's not our culture today. If you don't know that, let me say that again. That is not our culture here in America today. So we don't have to kiss each other on the cheek. What's more important than that, though, is this attitude of holy love for one another, acceptance and encouragement and growing together in God. Washing feet is not nearly as critical. As a matter of fact, I said this a few years ago, and please don't anybody go here because this was crazy weird when this happened too. I said, for us today, it'd be more like, can I polish your shoes? That'd be more like our culture today. I said that, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago probably, and there was a guy in the church. He came and he says, I want to polish your shoes for you. And I said, nah, that's okay. He said, the Lord told me to. I said, okay. Here, here's... One pair of my shoes. He goes, no, no, I want more than that. <sighs> Here's two pairs of my shoes. He goes, I want, the Lord told me to get all of your shoes and polish them. It was humbling. It was moving. None of you need to do that. I like my shoes just like they are. I'm good but it's looking for some way of helping people in a very practical, what does that require? First of all, it requires awareness. It's not a routine, it's not just some practice that I think is gonna be the right one, but it looks at meeting a person's need where they are. All of this is talking about spiritual growth. I don't know where you're at with this whole deal, and this isn't the first time I've used this phrase at the beginning of a year or so, we could actually do this every year and it would not be bad, it would not be wrong. I want today to ask God to help me to make 2023 a year of incredible personal growth for me and for you spiritually that we would push off all the things that aren't like Jesus and we would step more into the place of being like him. Now, it's not just a little prayer today that's going to get that job done. It's a daily commitment to be diligent, to grow in God. I guess that may be the bad news. The good news is this. If you're willing to do that, God is faithful to perform it. I want you to bow your heads for just a moment. Most of the time we're doing this, it's, it's really important with you and God. Sometimes I ask just so I can pray and have an idea of what the Spirit is speaking to people's hearts. 
How many of you will join me today and say, I want to grow in God this year and become more like Jesus, fulfill his purpose for my life in a stronger way? Would you lift your hand just all across the room? That's what I want in my life. That's what I want.